two of the Wavy New Yorker podcast. I'm your host, Elijah Taylor. I have two guests on the mic. I have our regular unofficial co-host, Akil St. Louis, on one end. And I have yes, Mr. Sir. Adam Booth on the other. Adam, thanks for coming on today. Appreciate it. Oh, no, no problem. Happy to be here. So for those guys that don't know you, would you like to do a quick, uh, I guess, introduction of who you are, maybe a little bit, what do you do, what you're interested in, and we could go from there. Yeah, um, Adam Booth, uh, born and raised right outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in a lovely town called Wayne. Um, huge person into the uh, the sports scene around here, as a lot of us tend to be hugely into uh, fan culture, kind of community aspects of what it means to you know bring sports and people together. Uh, big into film, you know. I've uh, I studied at St. Joseph's. I studied film and uh, journalism while I was there huge into projects about you know just documentation a lot of documenta- documentary filmmaking i've done in the past nice. uh did a couple things on the big five you know the the basketball rivalry we have here in philadelphia between all the colleges uh done some stuff with uh, the 76ers uh the philadelphia union uh the Penn, university of pennsylvania basketball so Lots of sports, yeah. Philly's like the sports town of the United States, I feel like. Uh, before we dive in, let's just talk a little bit about, um, I know right now we're living in a life without sports. How is that, have you been coping with that, honestly? Obviously, I know, you know, content is kind of bare for the most part, and everything's really been centered around COVID and when we should expect most of these sporting leagues to become come back. So how have you been coping for the most part? I mean, for me personally, it's just been one of these things where, you know, I was, I'm was i a fan of like pretty much all the teams in Philadelphia in one way, or, or at least all the major teams in Philadelphia. So there's a lot of things going on at the same time. We had, you know, the hockey team was getting ready for a playoff run. The Sixers were, you know, not at their best, but were still playing at a high playoff level, still, you know. Yeah. The base, yeah, they were going to make the playoffs. Like the baseball team was about to get started. The soccer team was about to get st- or just got started like two weeks prior to everything going down. And like, as much as I'm a fan of all of these teams, I kind of find myself partially involved in some of these teams too. So like, what they do with their day to day and stuff like that. Yeah. And yeah. it gets kind. It, it it's been it's been interesting. It's been interesting because it's like you know. A lot of a lot of Philly's identities tied up with these sports only because I like to say when you're from a cold weather city, you tend to watch your sports teams more because you don't go outside as much. Yeah, so, exactly. During the winter months, hundred percent agree. Right, so it's like we we get into it and it it just it's kind of weird not having it. Like it's I'm almost now used to it because it's been two months, it's but really it's still long. just <laughs> like it's it's sort of, yeah it's sort of weird. But I was. I watched the draft last weekend, and I was just like, thank God, there's, like, something, like, anything. Yeah, I, I was so excited for that, and, like, that was, like, the most interesting draft I felt like ever, just because of the circumstances. It was, like, you know, compared to what the draft has become, now it's so, like, flashy. Like, nowadays, before this year, they were always having these, like, huge-ass, like, street fairs. Like, I know they had it in Nashville. They were supposed to have it in Vegas this year. And it's just become like a major, major like publicity stunt. But like now it's just like, all right, having the draft in your home, commission is giving it from his basement. And even though like it seemed crazy, I thought it actually worked out really well, believe it or not. You know, I was here um, in, I think it was 2017. It might have been the Patrick Mahomes draft. Or something. Oh, I, I, I was actually in Philadelphia that week. Yeah, I think it was yeah, it 2017 was, or 20. Yeah. 
probably twenty seventeen. I think it was twenty years ago. Yeah, no, it was the year because the Eagles won the Super Bowl that season. Because then yeah. the next year we went to Dallas and David Akers acted a fool. Yeah, so I remember. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, so I, I remember, and I remember going to that draft in Philly, and everyone was just like, "Oh, this is gonna be a disaster. Philly's gonna <laughs> riot. It's gonna be terrible." I'm like. We had no arrest. Everyone was chill. I saw. I went all three days. I saw zero fights, even between like deep down. It was good. Hated rivalries. It was. It was a good experience, but you know, it was a bit of a spectacle. You know, yeah. It, it was a bit much. Where yeah, I was just kind of standing around for a bit, and I was like, "So I'm still here. Why am I still here? <laughs> yeah, I could have left a, a half hour ago. Why am I still standing? You know, hundred percent. But, I, but I felt bad. I felt bad. In a way where it's like, it's like the kids who are graduating high school this year. It's yeah. Like, this is their moment. And yeah. And you know, like, they might got get another moment again, but they might not. Yeah. yeah. Like, they might get another shot at this. They might not. But it's just like, yo, man, you can, this is your moment to go awkwardly hug Roger Goodell. After yeah. Off of a it's a once in a lifetime experience. Taken away. <laughs> I, I feel like it became yeah. more, it became more about the girlfriend taking the, uh, the player's <laughs> phone or yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. other type of bullshit <laughs> it was it was it, was it became insane. more of a like uh like reality tv show like when they had the oh, recording yeah. in everybody's house that's what it became exactly that's exactly it became bootleg cribs yeah <laughs> it became a bootleg version of cribs where i'm like i'm looking at Kip, uh, cliff kingsbury's house in arizona i'm like when did you just rent out a porn mansion to just have your house? Like, what was this? Like, yeah, man. This, this, I literally looked up that somebody, neighborhood just to see how much houses cost out too. there. And the cheapest home I saw was like a million dollars. But it was nice, what? though. It was yeah. nice, though. Meanwhile, you were legitimately. <laughs> well, I love it because Belichick's like, I'm just going to go to Nantucket and just chill. And, my, and I'm going to put my dog in on TV because I don't want to <laughs> see me. You don't want to see my face. I don't want to show my face. I'm just going to be over here. <laughs> Yeah, it was just I was just so thirst for any type of content, like even slightly sports related that like it entertained me. Like I normally don't watch day three of the draft with like the fourth, fifth and you know, sixth, seventh round. But I literally watched maybe up until like the sixth round before I tapped out. Like, yeah, I was that me. thirsty. I was that thirsty because there was just nothing else to watch. But uh, what we're but hoping is out that, that, that the deputy conditioner. I'm sorry. I, was, it was, I just found out the deputy commissioner was a woman, and I was like, I did not know that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I know didn't that. even that was, know half these that guys. That was the shock to me. <laughs> that was nice exactly. To me. I was like, oh, so the 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 person who usually does the Adam Silver Day Two NBA draft, I didn't know who she was. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> now I got a face. <laughs> exactly. It was very shocking. But so, um, um, yeah, Adam, it was Adam, good. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, Elijah. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah. So, so Adam, I know that. Uh, you're a diehard uh, Philly fan, whether it be the Philadelphia Union. So, so for those who not know the Philadelphia Union, they're a MLS soccer club. Um, yeah. And uh, just a quick story, Adam. When they when the Sixers play the Knicks, Adam usually gives his tickets to my girlfriend. Adam is a was a <laughs> season ticket holder, right? Courtside. Yeah, and he goes, yeah, close, and he goes close, crazy close. in the stands and all that. But how is it like? How is it like just being a super fan, um, hosting your own podcast and and kind of, and starting that you know that uh, the, the fan the fan group that you have for the for the Philadelphia Union. Well, you know, 
So the thing about the union is, and thank you for acknowledging my tiny little soccer club because no one does. <laughs> so I appreciate that. But yeah, you know the the story with the union was, and this is famous. I don't know, like, if anyone's the, the deep, I don't know if they have a deep knowledge of Major League Soccer's history in America, but it started like '96, right after the '94 World Cup happened in America, and everyone got uh, hyped about soccer again. And uh, all the major markets in America, not like all the major markets, but a good chunk of them had a team. Like New York had the Metro Stars, which eventually evolved into the Red Bulls. You know, D.C. had United. You know, L.A. had the Galaxy. Like there was teams all over the country. But for some reason, they forgot about Philly. And I'm like, we're still the fourth largest media market in the country. (laughs) So I thought that was a little perplexing to me that we didn't get a team until like 2010. And this league is like 16 years old. They waited 16 years to give us a team. And the only true reason why they did was our fans started to go to games in the region. So we, we actually, the supporters group that I'm a part of, the Sons of Ben, predate the team, the, the actual club, by two years. So the union started in 2010. Like, they formally got announced in 2009. And the group was around in 2007. And they would just go to New York, D.C., they would go to New England and wherever they could go and just chant for Philadelphia to get a soccer team. And like they went to the MLS Cup one year, was held on location in New England, and then like a third of the fans in there were Philadelphia fans screaming <laughs> just to give us a team. So it was <laughs> a, classic, a classic story on how you get a grassroots effort and get something materializing from it. But I digress. Like, it's... The thing about being a, like a, a sports fan in this town is it's like everyone is in one way or another, you know, like you don't really have to be like a diehard in any capacity or even like a casual, but like you still give respect to when the Eagles do well, the city feels good, you know? Yeah. And like when, when parades happen, everyone goes regardless if they know why it's happening, you know? So that, that's always been a kind of fun thing. And like, truth be told, there's not a lot of th- like we, we we love ourselves like we love philly even though we will be the first people to tell you we're not the greatest like philadelphia <laughs> like the old saying is philadelphia is not as bad as philadelphians say it is but <laughs> i refuse to go to eagles we, game alone <laughs> with giants gear yeah, and here's and here, <laughs> here's the thing i'm a person to tell you that that's probably smart <laughs> but you probably wouldn't be messed with like both of these things are true like that's probably a smart idea to not do that but at the same time it's just like i've got i've had friends show up with me with redskins gear on and they might get like someone be like go back to dc but yeah. beyond that especially if you're not in like the 700th level yeah like man people like people in the lower bowl are not fighting <laughs> anymore those, <laughs> those seats are too expensive for people to be fighting in the lower bowl anymore. Well, well, the old, the uh, the old. What's the old Philly uh, Philly Eagles stadium called? When they had a jail? Uh, veteran Stadium. Veteran, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the vet. <laughs> That's insane. Imagine that. Like for some uh, some of uh, younger listeners that don't know, that Veteran Stadium where the Eagles played had a jail down below because of the fans were so rowdy. That's insane. <laughs> How fitting. <laughs> That's so fitting. It did. That sounds like it Philly. Did. And- <laughs> Yeah, it that, did, that and it was, and it was very on brand. But you know what the problem was? We didn't win enough. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. we weren't winning enough. Oh, yeah, yeah. If I feel like, I feel like if we were a city that won occasionally, we wouldn't be as uh, upset. Because like we we get to finals, like we get we got good teams, 
We just yeah. don't win enough championships to like satisfy how good the teams usually are. Like I was an I was an Eagles fan my entire childhood, and like I had Donovan McNabb send me to five NFC Championship games and win one of them, and I'm just like, damn, <laughs> like, you're good. Yeah, you're not bad. <laughs> just finish the drill. That's, that's like, very you know, upsetting. But it was like, yeah. only for a year. But it was like a whirlwind because it was so good. It was like it was like the weirdest relationship. Yeah, it was only for like a year and a half. Like the TO got there, and the season he got there, we went to the Super Bowl, and then the next season he's he starts doing uh, sit ups in the driveway, and it's a, and it's a wrap. And everyone t- and like everyone told us that's exactly what was going to happen. Like you're going to get Terrell Owens, he's going to be good for like a hot second, and then he's going to destroy your franchise from inside. And we were just like, maybe. <laughs> and then it happened exactly like that. That's pretty insane. Yeah. But it's well, like, the good wait, news but is you guys get that good feeling for a few more years of, like, the, off the last Super Bowl. Like, it'll wear off after, like, 2021, and it's like, all right, we need another one. For now, it's like, oh, that's at least gone. you guys are still relevant. No, that's gone. That's gone. If you ask any Philadelphian, that feeling <laughs> is already gone. We're already mad. You should have heard us yeah. during the draft when we were yelling at Howie Rosen oh, yeah. for laying the Cowboys. I saw Eagles us. Twitter. Eagles Twitter is, like, one of the most aggressive things. It's very rare that they're pleased. It's oh, always boy. like, yo, fire Doug, fire Howie. <laughs> and then if Howie makes a trade, they're no. like, oh, we love Howie. Keep him here forever. It's so back and forth. <laughs> no, man. The, the whole draft was a play in three acts. You know, like the yeah. first act was the the sheer horror of letting Jerry Jones's prosthetic looking ass get a pick <laughs> ahead of us and then draft C.D. Lamb. And like I'm watching the draft and I'm looking at Jerry smiling. I'm like, I know exactly what he is doing. <laughs> like I know exactly what this man is doing at this moment. He is drafting C.D. Lamb and he's giggling as you know, he just took that from the Eagles. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like Jerry. Typical. Yeah, and it was that. So like, there's Act One, and then Act Two is the next night. Like, we still get a wide receiver who's good. So you're like, all right, you know, that's not ideal, but you know, it's going to be okay. And then they draft Jalen Hurts, and your <laughs> anger goes to just straight confusion and yeah. bewilderment. I didn't even expect that. I was dying. I mean, as a Giants fan, I was laughing, but I was like, damn. Like, if that was me, I would have lost my mind. And I've been on the back end of a couple questionable drafts but that was that takes the cake that, it was just <laughs> which i, I which i Jones which pick. i agree that i like i've hated every giants first round pick for the past three years i hated daniel jones i hated saquon barkley i hated eli apple i don't know why i've people, hated why, them all. i don't know why people hated the but saquon barkley deal i just didn't like taking a because running back we needed a quarterback, and the team sucks. This is what I'm going to say. Is the Giant? What most people don't know, except Giants fans, is the Giants are literally, over the span of the past three years, the Giants have one of the – I think they have the worst record in the NFL over the past three years. Yeah, most people don't know true. that. It's really bad. It's really bad. So it's like we've been mediocrity, and clearly we haven't been drafting difference makers at the right position. So this year I finally Look. felt good about a pick for once. Oh, what happened with the Giants over here was like Philly. We like uh, I talk. Um, Akil was talking about uh, his girlfriend Danielle, my god sister, and like we used to joke about when the Eagles and the Giants were playing back in the day. Like you know, it'd be like, oh yeah, man, go up and up to Giant Stadium and what you call it, seeing was it Kerry Collins kick the <laughs> shit out of uh, McNabb and Brian Dawkins and shit <laughs> like that. And that was way back. And now I don't even call her anymore. I just feel bad. 
I just like, uh, <laughs> like uh, I'm sorry. I don't like when when Jake Elliott hit that like 61 yard field goal two years ago oh against the Giants. Gosh. I felt bad. Like I genuinely felt bad. I was like, that's not how you, you know want to what's lose sad a football is- game. <laughs> As a young Giants fan, like, I hate the Cowboys more than the Eagles, but the Eagles have given me the most guts. Like, the Eagles have given me the biggest kicks to the guts in my life. If it wasn't the Jake Elliott, it was the Deshaun Jackson. Yo, I scoop it up. I I, I don't know how old I was. I might have only been, like, I'm I'm relatively young, so I don't remember how old I was. I was pretty young. I went to bed in tears that night because I was just like, I cried. I cried, and I was grown. It was just so bad. And it, it just I'm always happened with the Eagles. You. So, like, as a Giants fan, I always know, like, if there's a way they could upset us, they're going to upset us. Like, oh, yeah. So I, I, I hate them for that, but Jesus, being a Giants the fan. The Eagles just snatch your souls a couple times. I ain't going to lie. The Eagles just yeah. snatch y'all souls a couple times. It's just, we're, just we're, like, sad. So we're a sad fan base. And the fact that, like, we're literally, like, so close to Philly, like, home games will literally, like, if we're losing, home games will be filled with Eagles fans. It's one of the most yeah, embarrassing no, we're bad. things. It's really embarrassing. Well, you, so it's like it's bad. Well, I hate and I, and I and I say this with affection towards my uh, my fellow Philadelphians because they're gonna hate the fact that I say this. We got a bit you, the the we don't have I don't call it a Napoleon complex because it's not a, a Napoleon complex, but we are definitely second city material when it comes to y'all. So when <laughs> we beat y'all in things, it's very nice. Mm. I can see it's just it's, it's, it's just bad. very nice. It's bad. Yeah. The thing about it is, it's just more so than anything. It's like every time, like my girlfriend's from Italy, right? And every time her friends come over or her friends talk about like coming to America and all that, they're like, yeah, we kind of want to hang out in Philly, but when can we get to New York? I just want to <laughs> get up to New York. Let's get to Manhattan. I want to go to Brooklyn. I've heard so many things. And I'm, I'm, I'm numb to it now. I'm like, yeah, New York's dope. Well, I would, I, let's go to New York. I'm all about that. I'm, I'm here for it. But, like, you hear your whole life that those neighbors you have 90 miles up the street are so much cooler than you. You kind of get tired of it after a while. I can see that. <laughs> That's funny. You're like, we're cool. We got things. We got sandwiches. That makes sense. We got Philly, Philly cheesesteaks and uh, a couple other Ivy League schools and whatnot. So, I guess that's Ishka what Love Ishka Bibbles. Ishka Bibbles. You know this gentleman understands. He gets the culture. <laughs> Ishka Bibbles is that piece. <laughs> I, I drove no, there. I, I drove there alone. I drove there alone last year just to get Ishkabibbles. <laughs> that's 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 one hundred percent fair. Because here's the thing: in respect, I have driven to New York for pizza. Oh, okay, like that's day solid. trips to Manhattan for pizza. I've done that. So where have you where have you, where have you gone? Okay, so I can't remember, and the reason why I can't <laughs> remember is mainly because I was doing them on like we were doing it as like a, a road trip. Like one of those, like, hey, this new pizza joint has opened at blankety blank, and it's supposed to be amazing. Let's just hop in the car and drive to New York and go get it. Nice. This is when I'm like 20 years old and I'm doing stupid crap like that, where I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> let's just pay fifty dollars in tolls for one slice of pizza. I'm here for that. Let's do it. <laughs> like what? Are... <laughs> that was back in the day That's where you're just like, yeah, sure, I'll do whatever. You're like, why am I doing this? This is I could have <laughs> got pizza in Jersey. <laughs> Now it's like uh, I can't even go in there. It's like oh, we only have five people in the pizzeria. Like those days are all <laughs> on hold, at least for the immediate future. But what I want to get into now, let's talk a little bit about MLS. Now I'm not a huge, huge soccer guy, Neither but am I. in the summer, where MLS has 
been on. It, I've watched it simply due to the fact that usually there's not a lot. If I had to pick between MLS and baseball, I usually watch MLS. But really, as we've seen over the past, yeah, what the I hell? hate baseball, man. I hate baseball. <laughs> I hate baseball. <laughs> but oh, back to it. That's fair. What I've noticed is it's become more of like a retirement league for like for most like you know major soccer stars. How do you feel about yeah. that? And do you feel that this COVID nineteen thing has delayed the popularity and the exposure MLS was kind of building up? Because I feel like it was getting more and more popular within our borders, and more people were like paying so, more attention. So I'll answer your first question. I'll answer your second question first because I like funny enough. So I don't know. Uh, I'll send you you boys the link so you can check this out after. But. Um, the Sunday before they shut down the NBA. So I think that was maybe the 7th of March or so. It was yeah. like right before because they shut it down that Wednesday. I remember the Sixers played someone that, that night. I had to give away my tickets because I actually had to do a podcast. But um, that Sunday before the Union played LAFC in Los Angeles at like 1030 at night on a Sunday, which is just a suicide for anyone <laughs> you're trying to have watch this game. Like, even in Los Angeles, no one's watching this game at 8.30 at night on a Sunday either, yeah. you know, on a school night. So it's like this was – and that's the problem with MLS in a lot of ways. They're still very mom and pop when it comes to stuff like this. Like, scheduling, they're still very mom and pop about. They'll be like, yeah, yeah no, we're totally going to play a game at 10.30 on the West Coast with an East Coast <laughs> team. That'll be fine. But yeah, <laughs> I digress. In that game, one of our players hit a 40-yard free kick and scored it like it was just an absolute rocket and it went viral like it went across the globe like my friends in europe were even t texting me about this goal that happened so i'm like holy crap but the thing that was most impressive was the amount of my friends from sixers twitter who were tagging me and being like oh so this is what's happening down in chester and i'm like yes yes this is what we've been doing yes come <laughs> come hang out come see this like come because, like, I always say, I'm a fan of every single team in Philadelphia almost evenly. Like, whatever season it is, whatever game it is, I'm there 100% in it. But the most fun I have are MLS games. Every single that. time. Like, so this is like a different Sixers games are probably my close second. But, yeah, it's like, because I was, I was president of the student section at St. Joseph's while I was there back in, I uh, was a 2000, oh, from... 2010 to 2013 i was president of the student section and i got us up to uh, me and my team got up to number 12 in the country in terms of the rankings of student sections and my school is a 4,000 student catholic school in west philly and the fact that we were competing with the likes of like uh, uh, kansas and vcu Kentucky. and all these big ass yeah. schools across the country and we were right up there with them but Sheesh. that was all about having that level of fun that Outside of college basketball, I have only felt in Major League Soccer. Just the atmosphere there is is un is unprecedented. Yeah, soccer just but, seems like a different vibe, way more live to be at. Definitely. It is. It's it's just more lit in all the ways that you can imagine it. And it's the thing about it was so many of my Sixers friends were just like, Yeah, I wanna come and we were having our home opener that Saturday. Like the Saturday, oh. I think it was the twenty second. That was that was our home. Or not even twenty second. The uh, the seventeenth or the thirteenth was our home opener. So like that Saturday, we were supposed to kick off the first game, and all of these people are like, "I'm coming, like I'm coming. I got to see this. I'm coming." You said this was a party. I want to see the party. And then they shut down the league. 
<laughs> so like not only do I not only do you say do you think this is slowed down momentum? I have like tangible evidence that this is slowed <laughs> down momentum. You know? Like I got yeah. tangible evidence and and major league soccer needs people to show up because we don't have those TV deals that the NBA or the NFL does where yeah. you can just put on a game and advertisers will pay these teams enough will be it'll be viable. You need yeah. people to show up. So if you can't have people show up, this league is not going to be Successful. as viable this season. It's going to be difficult. Now, to answer your first question, yeah, it's a bit of a retirement league. But I think it's that's shifting a little bit because I believe with we're starting to send out export players from America and from Canada that are making first teams over in Europe. Okay. And when you realize, like the like the Philadelphia Union have probably the best youth academy in the United States, and they've produced at least five different players who are now at least in the pool, if not on the first team for the U.S. national team. Elijah, did you know that? They also because ha- I never knew that. What's that? There's a youth what? academy. I never knew that. Yeah, so yeah. I I learned that I learned that when I got to college. I was talking to one of my soccer friends. So yeah, these kids. Basically, it's it's crazy shit in soccer. Basically, so these kids are basically in these soccer academies where, like, like granted they they still learn and whatnot, but they're like literally going through soccer practice like not twenty four seven, but most hours of the day. Like this one kid that I know, he's like in that pool. His name's Joe. Go, go Joe. I don't know him. He's my boy's boy. But basically, through my boy, he told me basically like from the age of like eight or nine, basically tried out for like whatever team, and he was on this like he was at this soccer academy basically in orlando florida like literally it's like football almost like they're at those prep schools but they're literally like training in the morning in the afternoon and basically if you're in one of these you're on the pathway to you know go pro like so i think he was like playing for bayern munich like at a young age maybe 18 19 like maybe 17 like it's it's crazy it's you have to dedicate your life it's almost like they come to your house like hey we want your child (laughs) <laughs> Would you like to, you know, give us your, your child? You give them your child, and in a couple years, your child's a professional soccer player. Like, give it, us your boy, and we'll make yeah, him a it's, man. It's crazy. It's the only no, sport it, that it, really it, works like that. <laughs> well, see, and, and the thing is, so like, my, again, my girlfriend's from Sicily, so like, this is the standard in Europe. Yeah, like this is how and they. That's do why it, they're so much like, better than us. Exactly, because it, it really the thing about it is, is and this is why they're going to catch us in basketball eventually. I really think people don't realize <laughs> Europe is like two and a half steps behind us in basketball, and it's really yeah. getting closer by the day. But a big chunk of it is, and I, my hometown of Wayne, PA, actually is the home of the Union's Youth Academy. Mm. And it has a soccer-specific high school there where these kids, they had their first graduating class, I think it was like 14 kids. I think it's up to 40 now. But they... Sheesh practice in the morning go to school in the afternoon go to practice at night and then go home and it's insane they do this all year round and it sucks because it is a pay-to-play kind of system like if you can afford it it does help you know they're not this and this is a problem with u.s soccer and this is why we can dominate the women's game because of it but we can't dominate the men's game because we make we price out so many of our kids because yeah. it's, a, it's not an expensive sport that we made expensive, which is a big problem. But that's another yeah. entire digression. Wow. But, <laughs> yeah, like the youth academy in America, especially with like the union, the union said our ownership, ironically, was like we're not spending money. Like we're going to buy a couple players here and there. We're going to like 
patch up holes on the ship, but we're not going to go get Wayne Rooney or Zlatan or, yeah. you know, Andrea Pirlo. Big names. Like, we're not going to get one of these big names just to get a big name. Like, we were linked to Mario Botticelli for a while, and our ownership was like, that's not happening. Don't even <laughs> pretend like it's going to. But what they have done was they've invested in this youth academy and our homegrown talent, like kids from Medford, New Jersey and Bear, Delaware and Westchester, Pennsylvania and North Philadelphia are on our first team playing for their hometown club that they've been in the system for six, seven years, eight years now with. And okay. it's producing cool. high level talent, you know, and that, I think once that becomes more of a factory, you know, and not just the union, but just across the country, because like Dallas has a good academy system. Red Bull has one of the best academy systems out there, you know, over there in yeah. Jersey. Like they have a lot of good academy systems in the country. L.A. Galaxy. Once those start churning out younger and better talents, the respect yeah. of MLS yeah. will get up. And once that will happen, it won't necessarily be a retirement league. It may turn into a stepping stone league. I got so, you. like, younger talent will come to America and say, let me display myself on their media, and then maybe someone from Europe will come grab me. Pick me up. And that makes sense. And, that makes sense. and that's what I, I think, yeah, ultimately, on that same note, I feel like that'll finally help drive, like, the United States soccer team to be, like, respectable. I feel like the men's team, at least, is just so Trash. inferior, and it's because we don't have a lot of, like, good homegrown talent. So I'm hoping that, like, well, and you would hope that, you know, like the United States soccer, I guess what, team, I guess could fund some of these the programs or at least the federation. Yeah, I don't even know what to call it. But you, you would hope they would be able to like, you know, fund some of these teams and provide influence so they, these teams could actually help elevate this youth talent. Because that's what it really it is. Like we don't, we need to have a more robust farm system in our, in our borders. Like I said, we, there's no way we're good at every other sport. And then it's like soccer we fall off it's like and then we're like stop hiring uh, stop hiring uh bruce arena whatever his name is that'll help <laughs> yeah no that'll help if you if you keep hiring the same coach three times for the same job probably he ain't the guy i just feel like you know, maybe <laughs> but yeah, no so, it, but yeah. what it comes down to is it, more than anything else is money you know yeah. it's just money and and it's just when a lot of these countries are like like italy could be an amazing baseball country if it decided to give money to baseball, but it didn't. So yeah. it's not. And it's, and that's just the reality of that. You know, like it's the United States. If they're going, if a school, if a high school is going to cut sports out of its curriculum, you got four spot sports on the chop, chopping block. You got basketball, football, women's field hockey, men's soccer. Which one's going? Women's uh, field hockey. Either. Wait, we being I'm political? I'm men's soccer. Oh, no, being I'm, political. Not saying, I'm not even getting I'm not even getting political about it, but I'm just saying men's soccer is probably gonna be the one getting cut because A, yeah. probably for the Title IX purposes, you gotta keep Yeah, I was gonna say Title yeah. Nine, men's soccer gotta but, go. <laughs> but you're not gonna and you're not you wouldn't even imagine cutting a football program or a basketball program from any of these schools. Like Temple yeah. Temple University of Temple, right here in Philadelphia, our largest school in terms of just sheer number of kids going to the school, cut it's men's soccer program. It's Division One men's soccer program. Cincinnati, but kept right? its crew program. But kept its wow. rowing program because rowing is so important to the city of Philadelphia. You can't have a, <laughs> you can't be a, a, a rowing a school here and not have a rowing team. But they were like, soccer's <laughs> got to go though. That's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. 
And yeah, <laughs> that's usually how it is. I've seen that in a lot of cases where they'll cut a program to fund football or basketball, but those two are always staples. And I guess it just comes down to revenue producing, but it's tough. It's tough. And and let's be frank, and I know I'm, I've been talking a lot about this, but let's be frank, the Americans don't play the same game the Europeans do. It's yeah. like we don't develop our kids the same way, and like we don't teach the game the same way that yeah. it's taught in the rest, and like literally 98% of the globe. So it's we're, we're, we're putting our kids behind the eight ball, and the only reason why, again, the only reason why we're dominating women's soccer in the way we are is because we decided to be slightly less misogynistic in terms of spending money on our women's programs yeah. in a lot of these other countries. Because, like, every other of these countries should kick our ass in women's soccer. Like, there's no reason why the Dutch should be losing to us in World Cup finals. <laughs> but they haven't given enough money to their teams yet. <laughs> can, you, uh, can you go into detail about, like, your podcast and, you know, what you give oh, to, yeah. your, to your audience? And have you had any, any union players on the, on the podcast? Because you, you have a bit, pretty big fan club. You know, I checked out your website the other day. I was pretty impressed with that. Yeah, appreciate you. Now we um, we we actually we had the head coach on a couple of weeks ago, uh, Jim Curtin. Nice. He was a local guy. He was uh, grew up in the Philadelphia suburbs, so he's very Philly. So it was very fun to have him on and talk about like not just the team, but just like the city, the sports culture, and where that team fits in it. You know, and that was really fun. But uh, yeah, our podcast, uh, Sons of Ben the Pod. Uh, Sons of Ben is the supporters group for the Philadelphia Union. It's named that after the Sons of Benjamin Franklin. Uh, our uh, logo is actually a pirate Jolly Roger logo, but it's Benjamin Franklin's head with the <laughs> bifocals on, and it's got an oar and a uh, sickle behind his head. So it's nice. Thank but you. um, but yeah, we've been doing it. We actually only been doing it for about a couple months now. We just kind of after a couple of the games last season. We knew that there's a little bit of disorganization in our group sometimes in terms of, like, getting chants down and spreading news and information. And, like, Twitter wasn't enough. So we were just like, all right, let's just do a podcast. And then Corona hit. So we ran out of content. So we just started getting guests. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we had Jim Curtin on, head coach. We had uh, the head of scouting on a couple of weeks ago. We had um, a bunch of the big Philadelphia sports personalities uh, of uh, sorry, uh, media personalities who are now into the union. Um, we actually, I don't know if you guys heard of the Cooligans. They're two lovely New York-based uh, gentlemen who do soccer podcasts up there, and they had our coach on after we had the coach on. And I'm like, well, we gave him a nice little bump to a bigger podcast. I see you. <laughs> but, uh, That's always a good thing. But yeah, we just we just kind of goof around, just kind of talk about what's going on with the with the supporters group what uh what's going on with the union you know oh i will say this we had club legend sebastian latu on he actually was a former red bull player for a couple of years but like he's the leader in both assists and goals for the union all time and he's one of our ring of honor members and we were just knocking back whiskey shots so it was fun time (laughs) (laughs) that's dope that is dope that's cool you know (laughs) but the pod's good so how old good Yeah, how often do you guys usually drop podcasts during the season? And I know, like, obviously, now with this season going on, what's the plan long-term for you guys to kind of get through this year? Like, also, with the pl- what's the plan with MLS? Is are, they, are there any plans on them resuming? So, funny that you should mention this, boys. Uh, literally, today, we just got a 
um, a letter from the commissioner, Don Garber, saying that individual workouts, meaning like players can work out with the team by themselves, like separated, obviously, that can start as of May 6th. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the originally MLS is MLS was not like MLS was and it was the exact opposite of Adam Silver. Well, Adam Silver, once he said the league is shut down, he never spoke again. <laughs> so, like, he never – he the only thing he said was, we're going to wait and see. Like, he never came out and said, this is the date the NBA wants to return. This is when we yeah. want to bring everybody in. He never said one thing. He was just like, we're just going to wait and see, which personally I believe is was the intelligent thing to say because, yeah. you know, when you put dates on things that you actually don't have any idea about, then you get to look like an idiot when it happens. But exactly. No one told Major League Soccer that. So <laughs> they, when they shut down on was it March 11th, they were like, okay, we'll be back by April 11th. And oh, everyone gosh. just giggled. We was just like, <laughs> back to do what? Like, you can't even go into your facility at April 11th. What did you think was going to happen? Like, we're having games? <laughs> You're funny. But so, and then and they hit us again with, like, May 12th. And we were like, that's still not a possibility. But okay. But, like, now they're saying... We can get these guys back with their clubs probably by the end of May. And they want to have this season go on and a full season at that. They want they want to cram all of the 33 to 32, 32 to 33 remaining games in before Sheesh. December. So we're talking about two a week. Easy. You know. And that's rough. Good, th- <laughs> and like it's a good thing your rosters are huge in, in Major League Soccer, but still, that's a lot of second teams on Wednesday night games you're gonna see. Yeah, well, what I kind of feel like with a lot of these like like non NBA, non NFL leagues, I I do feel like there's a pressure to almost be like that only girl on the on the scene right now. Like I feel like if you looked at like for example UFC, like UFC at one point was like Dana White was fighting to have it. And I feel like deep down in his head, he was just like, all right, like if I'm on TV, we're the only thing, we're the only show in town. People will tune in. Viewership will show, go up. I, I mean, like for the most part, if you look during this like uh, quarantine, like anything that's on TV, viewership has been like pretty high. Like The Last Dance, you know, I don't know how everybody feels about it, but, you know, it's on. Everybody wants to see it because, you know, there's just nothing else on. The NBA, the NFL draft, the same thing. I think even the WNBA draft had, like, one of his highest television television ratings, like, in history. Oh, I, I mean, I even watched it. I watched yeah, it, so yeah. I, 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 I watched have a it. Team. So, yeah, so you it's know, like... Still, yeah, that's, like another thing. that's another <laughs> thing. That Philly still doesn't have a WNBA team. I don't want to talk about that. That's some, like, we yeah. made, half of the WNBA comes from Philly in the first place, so we don't talk about that. That's fine. That is yeah. crazy. Yeah. I didn't realize that, that Philly doesn't have a WNBA team. Like there's not enough does. WNBA teams to be fair. <laughs> there, there's such a shortage. How does Connecticut have one? Need to be more. How does um, Tulsa? How does Tulsa, Oklahoma have yeah, a, I don't have why a Tulsa has basketball a team. team? Not, yeah, not I, anymore. And, right? and, that team is gone. No, but like, how did? Oh uh, yeah, they were. Oh, I think they were originally one. the Detroit oh, Shock, and they moved to Tulsa. And yeah, it was, was just crazy. like, but like, the, it, yeah, if you look that at makes no college basketball. If you like, if you look at women's college basketball. Gina Armiella is from Pennsylvania. He's from actually the town right next to mine. Uh, Don Staley is from North Philadelphia. The coach of Notre Dame, who just retired, Muffin McGraw, was from Pottstown, Pennsylvania. You know, Sheesh. it was just like those were the three best women's college basketball teams were UConn, 
Notre Dame, and South Carolina, and all three of them are Philadelphia coaches. Yeah, there's no team. Man, that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> now like, you put just, it like I mean, that. that's just weird to me. That's just a yeah. weird concept to me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's weird. So that's somebody in the WNBA office needs to get on that. <laughs> Look, and I had buddies when I went to St. Joe's. Some of my buddies, Natasha Cloud, shout out to her. She just won a WNBA championship last year oh, with Mystics, the right? uh, yes. with the Mystics down there in Washington. Big shout out to her. But at the same time, every time I post WNBA, bring a team to Philly, she's the first person to retweet it. <laughs> he wants to yeah, come just home. from a marketing standpoint, I just don't understand. From from a just money revenue standpoint, I don't understand why that's not never taking just, place. You would just want to really put it in your biggest markets. We got eight yeah. million people in and around Philly. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just, WNBA no at its finest. But yeah, no, but back to what right. I was saying. I just feel, I just Go feel ahead. like, yeah, this is just a time for like everybody to like, like lesser exposed like sports and everything. I feel like this is a time where like, if you could get it in and get your sport airing at a time where you know there's no competition, I just feel like. Why not? I mean, obviously, that's what that's what's going from their standpoint. Whether anybody, whether it's safe or not, is a whole nother story. But that's what's in their head. One hundred percent. And I mean, Dana White tried super hard with that, and I give him a valid effort for that. Was he trying to make like a fight island, where like everyone? Yeah, I don't even know how that was supposed to fight. work. It, it, it honestly it. started giving me like re- remembrance of um the fire festival thing. I was uh, like, all right. White, right? <laughs> like, it sounds great in theory, but like, come on now. Yeah, he was bugging with that. Look, man, I was I was here for Fight Island. Fight Island definitely sounded <laughs> like something I would have been I would have been into. But look, and I will say this: I do believe that the Last Dance are probably got close to these ratings, even if like normal life was available. But I will say the yeah. Tiger King would have not. The Tiger yeah, King definitely, yeah, definitely would have not been as big of a deal. Exactly. We, we Everything is, that's a quarantine, like, just series. Like, literally, just like, oh, have you seen that? But there's just nothing to do. But I feel like MLS would probably thrive right now. Like, I, I'm I'm not the biggest soccer guy. Like, I play FIFA, the video game. So, like, that's how I first got, like, introduced really into the sport. And But, like, yeah. if soccer was on now, I honestly probably, like, would watch a whole season. Like, I would probably just take on enjoying the nycfb right now and just be like all right i'm a fan like let's go the pigeons the pigeons (laughs) one of of the things that i find interesting though is because and this is the thing that mls is is suffering from if your city has like four teams already in it mls is is gonna struggle you know like if you got if you got all four sports represented in your city mls is gonna struggle because it's just hard to get a foothold with so many freaking options, you know? So it's like yeah. New York yeah. New York should be easy, you know? New York and New Jersey by proxy should not be difficult to get 25,000 people to show up at a given place, right? Exactly. And it's just like New York City Football Club and New York Red Bull could combine both of their attendance and it would still be maybe two-thirds of a Seattle game. Sheesh. You know, yeah, it's, or it's yeah, it's just yeah, oversaturated. Exactly, it's just like you have way even in the middle of summer, like you have way too many options in the city of New York or the tri-state to be like, I'm gonna go up to Red Bull Arena in Harrison, New Jersey. You know, it's exactly. just it's just not it's just not gonna be a priority. So, but when you go to places like Atlanta, where they have n- barely a pro sports culture to begin with, or yeah. Seattle yeah. or Portland, 
or any of these other cities where or Kansas City and they go balls out. Like I don't yeah, know if you've ever yeah. seen Atlanta I've United seen on, on game day. That well, well, it is on Atlanta they embrace that team too cuz even when you get off the plane at the airport it's like they're advertising that team like in the airport. It actually feels like a real like club. Unlike yeah. a second show, like a little brother, like, you know, the teams in New York are. No, no, it is, it is, Atlanta United is as important to Atlanta sports culture as the other teams are easily right now. Yeah. And it's, and it's bizarre to me to see, well, first, I never thought I was going to survive in Atlanta because as a hockey fan, I saw two hockey teams leave that town. And I was like, well, you're like, the flames couldn't last here. You're going to tell me that a soccer is going to last in Atlanta. All right. But they proved me. 1000% wrong. But, you know, it's cr- but th- when we were going to talk earlier about the struggles that Major League Soccer go through, it is they have to figure out how to get the big cities involved. Cuz that's yeah. that's the thing that's hindering them right now is the fact that you have two clubs in New York that can't sell out. You know. Yeah. You have only one you have two clubs in Los Angeles, only one of them sells out. Which is the Galaxy, you know. Yeah. It's just yeah. the Galaxy. No, yeah. it was the, no, the the other team, LAFC. The Galaxy don't sell out anymore. I didn't even oh, know really? LA so had LA, two teams. LA had two teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, LAFC came two years ago, three years ago, and they're owned by Mia Ham Garcia Para. Um, okay. uh, you have Mia Ham, but then she married Nomar Garcia Para, no so she became Mia Ham Garcia Para. She has a long name. And then name you had, uh, yeah, right. Mia Ham Garcia Park. <laughs> no, and then you have uh, Magic Johnson and uh, Will Ferrell and Jeez. someone else of importance. They all are part owners of LAFC, and they built a stadium downtown where Galaxy plays over in Carson, which is basically a suburb. So they sell mm. out in downtown LA, but the suburb team doesn't sell out anymore. And like none of you have like Chicago, your third largest city, you couldn't pay people. To go to see the fire play, and they're putting them in Soldier <laughs> Field this season, and I doubt that's going to help them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, tough. if your three, if your three biggest media markets can't sell out a soccer game, but your secondary cities like Nashville can, what's up with that? You know? Yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> so weird. It just all has to do with like having other options. Like I said, I know. Usually in the summer, like the only thing they really have to compete with is baseball, but still, they should find a way to fill those seats. I don't know if it's a marketing effort. I don't know what exactly it is, but it just almost needs to be like more. I don't even. I don't know. I don't know if it's forced upon us, but it just needs to be more allure to it. I do like that they have that playoff format. Like that's the thing I that kind of makes me more interested in than like than in um comparison to like regular like Premier League and etc. Because like I've obviously like you know. A playoff, it's any given Sunday in a playoffs format. You know what I mean? It's like any yeah. team, once you make the playoffs, you have action. Whereas, like, in a regular Premier League, it's like, yo, whoever has the most points at the end of the season wins, whatever. Like, cool. You can, you like, in theory, you could win the season, you know, with three games left. So I think that's pretty – I think that's interesting. And I, I don't know if there's a way they could maybe, like, push themselves using that playoff format maybe and just making it more like mainstream i don't know like i feel like it needs to be on during main time like mainstream tv like it needs to be on like you know during good hours like not i remember watching like seattle play and i was in a bar at like 11 11 30 p.m like nobody's really paying attention to it it's late like they need to almost have it on during prime hours so i don't know it's little things that i think they could take advantage of to make the sport more 
accessible at least. Well, you know, there's there's a reason why, and I mean the NFL, the NFL in its in its inception shouldn't be better than the NBA, right? Yeah. Like yeah. the NBA is a much more international game. You know, it it connects to a lot more types of people. Like it should be the sport that represents America in the grand scheme. But yeah, the thing that football got right was marketing. And specifically 100%. marketing a day of the week. So exactly. you know exactly. in fall, in winter, it is football is happening on this Sunday. You know? Yep. It does it could be Christmas, it could be New Year's, it could be whatever holiday. Football will be occurring on a Sunday, usually between the hours of one PM and eight PM. You'll be able to find something on your television that is a is a football representation. 100%. And because of that reliability, because that you can get go back to that whenever you feel like it. You like I know the Eagles will be playing at one or four every Sunday for the next sixteen to seventeen weeks. You know, because of that, you don't have to think about it. You know, you don't yeah. have to yeah. overthink the schedule. You don't have to overthink the standings. You don't have to. It's it's just it becomes second nature. It almost becomes like a pilgrimage to your local bar. To get there yeah. 30 minutes ahead, to order your wings, to get everything down so you're ready for the 1 o'clock kickoff against the Redskins, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's a whole ritual. Soccer hasn't figured that out yet. Yeah. Where they I try to co-opt Saturday as the day, but it still hasn't hit properly because our country is massive. And it massive. it's hard to get people to watch 10 a.m. soccer. On a Saturday, Los Angeles. too. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know what – they got to test that because I don't know what the day of the week it needs to be or the time, but they definitely need to get the data to find out when are most people going to be in front of their televisions with nothing else to watch. And and see, the timing thing is the biggest thing because – and this is the one thing that – I've actually talked to a couple of players before, and they say when the guys come over from Europe to come to play in MLS for the first time, whether they're – over the whether they're has-beens or whether they're just kind of like you know second-team players that MLS players are picking up because they're like they're good enough for them you know yeah. they'll come over here yeah. from England or Spain or France and any of these countries which here's context France is the largest country landmass in Europe that's not Russia right so like it's the yeah. largest yeah. landmass of a country that's not Russia France is the size of Texas. So the United States is freaking massive, right? The United States is absolutely a gigantuan-sized country in comparison to these tiny European nations. So I saw a YouTube video. This one guy did – he started in Newcastle, and he went to every one of the 26 Premier League teams' stadiums in one day. Like, he just got in a car, drove to all of the cities. And, and like, it took him the full 24 hours, but he got to every stadium in one physical day. That's crazy. That's crazy. But, like, that's how small Europe is compared to, like, the United States. (laughs) Right? Like, I could do three in one day. I could go – if I'm a union fan, if I wanted to maximize my day, I would start in D.C. I would see their stadium. I would get to Philadelphia two and a half hours later. I would get to Red Bull an hour and a half later after that, then get to New York, get to NYCFC. But depending on how to get to the Bronx, that could be another hour and a that half. That could take an hour and a half, yeah. Right. And then the next closest stadium, 
is in Foxborough. Sheesh, that's another like five hours. Five hours. If Easy. That. Yeah, five to six rural, hours. To rural Massachusetts. So it's that's like. Insane. But that's that when the Europeans come over here for the first time. That's the thing that screws them up. It's not the level of play. It's not anything. It's the fact that they're going to have to go on a flight from Orlando to Seattle to play a soccer game. Yeah. yeah. And that's a huge that's difference. A huge. I, I, as a, a former athlete, like, flying is, like, the worst thing. Especially, like, if, it, it's tough on your body. It's tough. Like, any flight over, like, an hour for me or two hours, it's, like, it, it takes a toll on it. It takes a toll on your when you ran When we ran track. Yeah, like if yeah, we flew somewhere, it's flew? it just LIU doesn't feel flew? right. <laughs> yeah, we flew to Tampa. Tampa. Flew to, I mean, I know the other guys. They would go. I know when they went to nationals, they specifically didn't really run well. They went from New York to Oregon, and maybe ran like a day or two later. But like, it's just tough on your body. You're not supposed to be on a cramp, you know, plane for that long up in the air. It definitely has an effect on your body, and I think. In cases like this, it'll show, and I think I'm not surprised. In a sport like soccer, you know, you would you would feel a difference. It's and definitely a to lot. To show of you how show you how mom and pop the MLS is, they just instituted a law for charter flights. Wow. So like previously, the I'd like famously the captain of the union, Alejandro Bedoya, he was, uh, he actually captained the U.S. national team a couple of times. But he's the captain of the union now, and he famously went on Twitter to talk about how shit the ownership was because they made <laughs> them fly from Philadelphia to San Jose, California, and had to stop in Kansas City for a layover. <laughs> and you're just like, you're a professional soccer club. These guys yes. are flying across the country to play a 1030 game in California. They've, they're losing four <laughs> hours. And then you're going to tell them they have to do a layover in, in Missouri? That's for who for trash. what? Yeah, that's, that's unacceptable. <laughs> that's unacceptable. That, is it just, Jesus. Just bo- like that bonafide. And like that's, that's the shit. That's the, that's the thing that makes MLS struggle is like when you hear those types of stories. Because you're yeah. not going to acquire the best talent in the world when they're like, yeah, you're going to have to fly American Airlines to, you know, Topeka. <laughs> For a layover, yeah, that's not before it. <laughs> you get there. Yeah, that's not gonna drive a lot of allure. Uh, it's it's tough, man. But I, I hear you though. They definitely have to find a way to get this more popular in the major cities. Because like I said, you're you're not gonna get somebody to come from overseas every time unless they're playing in a major city more times than not. Because you know they gotta maintain still a nice standard of living. So yeah, they're definitely gonna have to find a way. And your yeah. city's gotta be sexy too. Like you can't. It be, gotta be sexy. Like, Philly's not sexy. I love my city, but we're not sexy. So we're not necessarily Grunge. bringing over these Grunge. Italian people who are like, ah, yeah. I played in the beautiful coastlines and the Rivieras, and I'm like, well, welcome to the Delaware River. Like what? I got nothing for you. Like, <laughs> but they'll be like Miami, yes, San Francisco, yeah, Los Angeles. I'm like, go, go. We'll just get the kids from Effort, New Jersey, and we'll play our game. Yeah, <laughs> that's sellable. Definitely sellable. But before we get off, is there anything uh, – did I miss any, I guess, primary Philly sport? I feel like we talked about – right, Let's talk a little bit about the Sixers. I feel like we talked a lot about MLS. Let's talk 
We didn't talk about the Sixers. I, and oh, I'm, oh, a, oh, so I'm a so I'm a Nets fan, but I I, I do love the Sixers. He's not too. a Nets Allen, fan. My Adam. favorite player. He's a liar. I'm a Nets fan. I've been a Nets fan my oh, whole that's life. That's a lie. My dad grew Wait, up in Long you, Island. Uh, here, here here's fan. the thing. Here's the thing. I give I give Danielle so much shit for still not being a Nets fan. Cause I mean her, I don't I, like the bandwagoners. No, I've been a day one fan. I respect that. No, but when my, when Akil, when Akil's girlfriend, she uh, she when we were kids, we went to two Nets games with her dad, and I remember <laughs> going to the Continental Airlines Arena to watch <laughs> the Nets. And there, and this is before Jason Kids. They were still in them like really dusty red, white, and blue jerseys. Oh God! Yeah, this was like before the Richard Jefferson and all them years. No, this was like dusty, dusty Nets basketball. It's like 1997. <laughs> I heard back then you could just like get cheap tickets, get, get cheap oh, tickets, walk all the way down to the front. Like you could literally just come down and come down to the front. The Meadowlands, the Meadowlands gave zero strips back then. They were like, "No, nah, you, you good." But no, it, the, the Devils had stricter security than the Nets did back then. But it was it was real. But I always make fun of her because when the Nets moved to Brooklyn, I'm like, "So you and you you going to Brooklyn to the games?" And she's like, "Oh, you know, I really wasn't that deep of a fan." And then. What you call? She started saying Akil. She was like, "Yeah, let's go Knicks." And I'm like, "No, no, 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 that's not I'd you." I'd rather be a Nets fan than a Knicks. Go over the book. About to go to the Barclays you like you belong. There you go. I took it to the game. Barclays Center. It was gorgeous. Sacramento. I think Sacramento whooped them by a lot. I don't remember, but I think I know for a fact that Sacramento beat them. Look, man, the Sixers beat them in a playoff series. What two years ago? And I remember I was actually game. Did you go? I was actually at one of those. I was at the playoff game against the Sixers last year when the fight broke out. I was literally yes. right behind the basket where it happened. I, 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 it was so exciting. Honestly, like I knew we weren't going to win that series, but that as a fan, like you know when your team is like finally on the rise, the respectability, that was the day yeah. where I was like, wow. I, I I've been to the Barclays Center probably more than like most people i've been there for like every sporting event and barring a kentucky university of maryland game that was the most energy i've ever felt in that building like it was a sold out arena everybody was into it and it it, like don't get me wrong there was a lot of sixers fans but i would say it was maybe like 80 20 whereas i came in thinking it was going to be 50 50 so like it was it, it, it was it was real i have the greatest record in barclay center history only because I went to four games there, and one of them were the Sixers winning, and the other three were St. Joe's winning championships. So oh, that wow. was definitely- oh yeah, they do play the A10 tournament there. Yeah, so the A10 yeah. tournament was there, and in 2013 the women won the championship, and then 2014 the men did, and then they did again in 2016. So we like Great opened luck. up the Barclays Center with dubs, <laughs> just dubs, dubs, dubs. Oh, and we played a play-in tournament there where we knocked off uh, number 15 Notre Dame at the time. At wow. the Barclays Center. So, yeah, I have, I have fond memories of that building. And the fact that they sell red velvet cake there is fantastic. Like, Jesus, that's <laughs> not in enough stadiums. Yeah. It's just the option. They're pretty, they're pretty good with the food court. But, but uh, to, to talk about my – to not to digress, but to talk about my boys real quick, my, 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 my children. You were talking about going through some rough years. Like, yeah, I didn't go through the process or anything. Punk ass, Joel Embiid. Yeah. That wasn't. A but thing. so oh, what I want to know is now that the process, at least, we, you know, it seems to be completed. And we kind of yeah. at that point where we're like, is this the best we could achieve? I mean, I don't know about you. So I, I monitor the team. I monitor the Sixers very closely. I'm basically a fan. 
And yeah. I feel like Wait, what is going at this on? Point, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I love the. I, I, I love. I like watching the Sixers. They're an entertaining team. I've always been. I've always been. Oh, uh, for what? So right now we're at the point where alert. like Brett Brown, a kill. Can I get the mic, man, or not? Oh, we look at the point where like this is a season where I feel like the Sixers is gonna head in another direction if they do not do well. Like I don't Hello? think uh, Eastern Conference oh, Finals no, will get it done. Like I think if they don't go all the way to the finals, which is incredibly unlikely, I think Brett Brown yeah. is out. I think either Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid, one of them will have to go, but I don't think they could necessarily coexist coexist together. And I'm wondering, how do you feel about that, and what do you think will happen? So here's 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 what I'll preface everything with. I say the following with: I know that they don't that they do like each other. You know, I know that yeah. Joel and Ben do not personally have a beef. They are so yeah. – now, because of the way that they play as players, you would almost assume that they do, but they really don't. Yeah. Like, that's a really authentic point that they really don't not like each other. So it's not a personality thing if they don't – I just think it's a play style thing. Yeah, I think it's, it's a play and, style thing. you could be right. So here's here's how I feel that when, you, when in the modern era of basketball, pieces fitting is very important. But above yeah. all, it's just having a level of talent that is just 100%. insurmountable to other people. Like, the thing about the Warriors that was really great was, yeah, that's the greatest starting five we probably will ever see, you know? Like, that's just an yeah. all – that's like an iconic group of individuals to be playing basketball together, you know? But what the thing that really was the kicker was that bench, you know? Like their bench, yeah, and that was, that that was the biggest thing that everybody took for granted was that Warriors bench. They had the best bench in the NBA by far. It was it was, and it it was almost unfair to have the best starting lineup and the best bench at the same time. But you had exactly, but 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 that's what winning gets you, as the Spurs would tell you back in the day, as the Lakers would tell you back in the day. People want to show up. Yep. People will take pay cuts. Yep. People will take roll cuts. You know, just yep. for the taste of victory. And that's what you got with the Warriors and all that. But it's like the Sixers, the Sixers are a really interesting thing to me because at no point in time did I believe that they were like that there were teams that were truly greater than they were. You know? I hear you. Like I saw them play the Bucks, I saw them beat the Bucks. I saw them play the Lakers, I saw them beat the Lakers. I saw them play the Clippers. I saw them almost beat the Clippers with Shake Milton. You know, <laughs> I like I saw all of the top teams in the NBA play the Sixers, especially in Philadelphia, and lose. I like Milton. Yeah. You know, like the the Sixers home record. I only saw one loss my entire season this year. There was two losses in the Wells Fargo Center total. Yeah. One to Miami, one to Dallas, and that was it. Wow. The Sixers did not lose in Philadelphia. That was not a thing happening at all. They easily had the best home record in the league. But the road record yep. was absolutely atrocious. Awful. Yeah. Like they at, ironically, I think the Nets were one of the last teams we actually did beat on the road. You know? Like we yeah. our road record is as bad as anything. And because of that, you know, it is equal this situation that we are stuck with now, which is we got a team and a system where we are we feel capable of winning and we feel capable of competing on any given night and then getting 
slapped in the face with a road loss to the Pelicans, and you're like, well, what's going on? <laughs> you know? It's such a confusing kind of principle when you see the Sixers hold Giannis to 10 points, and the next night they let freaking Spencer Dimwitty go off. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's almost like, who are you? Like, are you this very good team that could contend for a championship? Or are you a pretender? And I, I feel that same way. I don't really know where, what they are, but I've known that this has been together for long enough where I don't know how you could possibly improve this going forward unless trading, unless you trade somebody. That's I, I think my thing. You, you got to get – the thing about the Sixers for me was the bench. Our bench yeah. is not great, good enough, and that's the thing about yeah. it. And it's like – I agree. How do you feel about Elton Brand? Because I, I, I see a, a lot DM, of stuff right? about about him. Like, yeah, I see a lot of stuff about him. Like, the Philly fans are not too fond about him. Well, you know, we're still confused. Because we don't know what Sam Hinkie would have done. Yeah. Like, that's the crazy <laughs> thing about this. Like, know, everybody the pushed... really loves I, 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 I honestly <laughs> was a Hinkie guy. And I honestly, like, I feel like Hinkie died for I liked him, team. too. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I feel like Hinky died for this team, and nobody like if yeah, you gave him the time step. that he needed to get, we never know what would have happened. But yeah, yeah this whole That's team is saying. made off the blood of Hinky. He was a yeah. martyr. He yeah, was. He and died like, the Colangelos probably set us back. Yeah, like 100%. when the Colangelos yeah, got in charge, they probably pushed the team back more. So they broke Markel yep. Fultz. You know. Yep. Like the team pushed the team back by and the, and Calangelo's they had to get the Colangelos out of there. But that was the NBA. That was Adam Silver. You know? That was the NBA saying we cannot allow the Sixers to be this disgraceful in real time. So we gotta push <laughs> the guy out who's made them this disgraceful in real time. And a lot of Sixers fans will tell you we would still like to see what Sam would have done with this team. Yeah. I 100% think it might have been a better version of what this team is. I definitely think it might have been better talent, 100%. 100%. Well, there was, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was like the first week of the pandemic, a rumor came out that the the Knicks were looking at Elton Brand, right? Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like you know what? Let him walk. <laughs> Let him walk. <laughs> like, you're just like, Oh, it, it did not really break me up that much to hear him say he won. And, like, I'm not angry at him. I don't think he's bad per se. But I was just like, let him walk. Just let him go. He's not great. See if he can bring someone else. Just because I, I don't know if it's Brett Brown's fault. It might be. I think coaches always get that shit, though, because it's, like, it's easy just to yeah. blame a coach, you know? He's like, been there for like so the, long now. Like, the Knicks are not bad because of coaches. James no, Dolan. Just bad time. Worship. Yeah. This is James Dolan. This is, it's just so – it's the same thing with the Redskins. The Redskins aren't bad because of talent. They're bad yeah, because of Dan Snyder. That's just poor but, ownership. Yeah. yeah, Snyder is horrible. It's, not, it's between like, Snyder and Dolan for me. Those, I those can't are some figure of the two worst owners in all of sports. And yeah. how, are, how are the Knicks trash and the Rangers mediocre? Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't go he doesn't near the Rangers. That's probably what, that's the reason. That has yeah, to be the only that's reason. really what it is. Because the Rangers are actually a respectable <laughs> franchise. Yeah, they are. They all they have been for years. The, the Rangers yeah. are good. MSG is a phenomenal building. The Knicks are garbage, and it's not even. And best fans. I I my hat goes off to Knicks fans because dear God, like as a person who's dealt with a lot of slop for a couple of years. Y'all been dealing with that shit since Allen Houston, and I'm like, bless your hearts. 
I Shout out to Alan Houston. Houston. I met Alan Houston at a track meet. His daughter um, is a high jumper. No, <laughs> really? Was well, she any good? Yeah, she was good. Yeah, she was good. Yeah, I feel like every athlete's a... child is always like elite. <laughs> yeah, she was. She Except was for elite. Jordan's kids. Jordan's kids were, <laughs> were terrible. Oh, Jordan's oh, yeah, kid was yeah, trash, but uh, yeah. but uh, Cut, Randall Cunningham's daughter was good. The Eagles yeah, she, dude, his yeah, daughter is like she's the good. best high jumper in the world. <laughs> yeah. I so, I only own another Philly two, thing. <laughs> I only own two Eagles jerseys in my life. One is a Chris Long jersey from the Super Bowl, because Chris Long wow. is the truth, and I just I really appreciate that man with the Super Bowl the patch. Dude. With the Super Bowl patch. Oh, yeah. I had to get the nice. patch, man. Look, nice. there was a rumor, and I'm 100% sure this is true. Philadelphia bought the most post-Super Bowl gear of any city ever. Really? I'm not. I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be I shocked. I wouldn't be shocked with that like, either. Like, you guys never won a, a, a Super Bowl. <laughs> no, we have, we have yeah. three championships from when the NFL was dusty back in the 40s. We had no Super Bowls. So Those they said really this was count. the biggest. Yeah. This is the biggest uh, purchasing of like Super Bowl gear by one city in like the first uh, forty-eight hours after a Super Bowl, like ever. And I'm like shocked, not. Nah, that's but, special. That's definitely special. But yeah, so I got the Chris Long jersey with the patch on it, and then I got a old school Kelly Green Randall Cunningham with the Jerome Brown patch on it, just to throw it mm. all the way back. Damn. Nah, he's loved. He's loved. He's loved. He's definitely loved in Philly. Well, yeah, no. Randall's the dude. Even though most of the, my Randall experiences was him as a Minnesota Viking, but <laughs> Randall was the dude in <laughs> Philly, trust me. Oh, man. A lot but more than hopefully, I'm hoping we get sports back soon. I'm hoping, obviously, I'm in my head, I'm telling myself there's going to be some semblance of sports by late July. That's That's what's in my head. We'll see. I just hope that this NBA season ends because I feel like for a season to not be completely, it leaves you with a lot of like, just I don't know. It leaves you with a lot of like unlike you know a lot of thoughts in your head like what could have been. Like obviously, I don't know who is gonna be the favorite to win this. I mean, it's probably between the Lakers and the Bucks, but like there's so many scenarios what could have happened. So I'm hoping they they finish the season out. But man. I just don't even know how you go about, like, even the offseason. Like I said, like, back to Brett Brown. Like, if the Sixers suck this year, can you fire him after a corona season? Like, uh. You really can't. You know. Like, it's like what do you, you it's really tough. can't. Because yeah. here's the thing. Because if the Sixers go back now, Ben Simmons is healthy. His back's, his back's healthy. So the Sixers will be full thing, strength yeah. if the season begins again. So, like, what are we going to do? Because like, the, Sixers could, the yeah. Sixers could just turn a switch and then start winning road games and just bulldoze their way to the NBA Finals. Like, who's to say they don't? Yeah, like I said, it's it's anybody. Yeah, it's literally like a whole new game. It's almost like a whole new season, but it's like, all right, first to 15 wins, let's go. Like, let's let's see who can get it. Like, it's really really crazy. So I don't know what's going to happen from this, but I just want it to complete because. Oh, yeah, I know you. I'm not going to hold you. I was just saying, but, like, we were talking about this earlier, and it was just like you were talking about the EPL and how they determine their champions almost like three to four games in advance. I'm like, I'm over there yeah. looking at the EPL, and I'm like, Liverpool was like a game away from just automatically <laughs> already being champs. And it's just yeah. like, what are you going to do, not make them champs now? Yeah, exactly. I don't like know how were, it's going to work. It's they, they were 17 points clear of the next closest team. Of everybody else. Just gonna, like, so they were just like, yeah, we're champs, right? And then the EPL is like, Just give me the trophy. <laughs> nah, just give me the trophy. <laughs> At that point, it's in a scenario like that, just give me the trophy. 
I feel like with the NBA, you almost got to cut the bottom off. Like, all right, all you teams that weren't going to make the playoffs, I'm sorry. They should make the playoff format less teams. Maybe make yeah. it four from each conference and just say, here we go, let's go. The four best have an elite eight. Just go from there and <laughs> make the best just team a, win. Just imagine if they canceled the season and you're a Bucks fan. Do you yeah. Are you allowed to riot? I think so. I mean, they weren't going to win anything anyways, though, actually. Like, but, like, just they, not... they probably were, but this was easily the Their fan base doesn't believe that, though. You can't tell their fan base that. Their fan base thinks, you know, it's their year. And and yeah, they're well in their right to feel that way. But, oh, yeah. They lost, you know, what, 13 we all know the, games all the whole the season? Yeah. It's, a, it's an impressive season. It's just you know that team isn't going to get it done. You just know... That when it comes to a series and you have to play the same team seven times, <laughs> you're gonna lose four games, and that's just how I felt. I never really took the Bucks serious, but I just feel like if it, if it hurts anybody, it's probably LeBron. Definitely, like who knows? This probably would have been a season for him to win the chip, but yeah. I don't know how they're gonna do it. I I hope they could finish this season, but we just gotta take It'd it day nice. by day by day. Day by day. Or just give me my t- or give me my money back for my seasons. That'd be too. That'd be fun too. Because I still haven't heard <laughs> back from the Sixers yet about. Oh wow, about. they haven't refunded you for that yet. No. So like the union have hit me up three times, talking to me about my season tickets and like what what the plan is with the MLS and what they're trying to do. And the Sixers have not called me once since the pandemic. Wow. Oh god. T- so. And, like, they still want to have their seasons. So, again, Adam Silver's not trying to put dates on it or anything. But I'm like, y'all could have gave me a courtesy call by now, I feel. I spend way too much my money. My thing is, days. like, I don't think there's going to be fans. So, like, give me my money back. I'd rather you give me the money back and then at least allow me to, like, put my tickets back out there. Let somebody purchase it. Like I said, if you allow people to somehow come to games or say there's a vaccine, there won't be a shortage of people wanting to pay for tickets. Like, no. That's, or just or that's simple enough, roll it over to next season. Just keep the, the money yeah. that I was going to spend for this season, roll it over to my next season tickets, and let me pay less. I'll do that. That's fine, yeah. too. Yeah. But, like, give me a solution, please. Yeah. It's one thing we learned from this quarantine. It showed, uh, the, it's shown the true colors of all of these businesses. They're all money hungry. <laughs> that is ridiculous. But, uh, nah, we really appreciate you uh, being on the pod, man. Definitely. Yeah, Definitely was great talking to you. Um, just quick plug. I want you to plug your pod for everybody where they could find it. You're on podcast. You're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. What else? Oh yeah, I'm um, pretty much all of them. You know, if if you pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast, you can find us. Uh, our producer Devin's really good about getting us everywhere, so I was I'm very thankful for that. But yeah, it is Sons of Ben the Pod. Uh, if you want to find us on any of the social medias, it's sob the pod on all three of the majors facebook instagram twitter all that fun stuff you know if you just uh want to hear a couple of dudes uh get semi-drunk and talk about soccer you know talk about what's going on in philadelphia and i sometimes digress about movies uh video games and such you know we're here for (laughs) it we're here to entertain we actually just dropped a podcast uh earlier today so if you want to check that out and uh we got it for you. Well, definitely check that out because I have nothing to do during podcast during a quarantine, so might as well. I advise all my listeners to do the same. Podcasts are the only thing keeping me sane. We are but not. I definitely appreciate having you guys on, man, and uh, let's definitely do this again one day. Uh, hopefully, we have a season, and you know, if the Sixers win, good luck. I'll I'll meet up with you to go to the parade. I'll give you that. 
The Sixers Dude. win. I'll come out for that parade. I'll, I'll be the person. I'll, I'll be up. the person in the middle of Broad Street, probably without pants. Probably without <laughs> pants. <laughs> that sounds like some shit I would do if the Knicks won. <laughs> I know it never well, happened. Well, the Knicks won, it would be a lot worse. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I feel that way. That if that, my uh, team wins, what is that route the Yankees use when they uh, when they win a championship? Like uh, a the, Canyon the Canyon of Heroes. The Canyon of Heroes. That shit. Yeah. No, I would love to see. Man, the Knicks win a championship. New York won't survive. Let's be real. Nah, yeah. It will be crazy pandemonium. Def Jam fight exactly. will literally break out into the streets. It will be terrible. I used to play that <laughs> all the time. <laughs> that was the game. Yeah. That was the game. <laughs> Gentlemen, I appreciate it. All right, guys. It. Thank you, guys. For, thank all you right. for coming on, guys. I appreciate you guys for listening. Uh, keep, you know, subscribing. We'll keep the content going. Uh, if you don't already do so, follow us on Instagram at Wavenuka Podcast and on Twitter at TWNY Podcast. Till next time, guys. Peace out. Stay safe. <laughs>